You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegates.org. We'll be continuing our sermon series through the Lord's Prayer titled, When You Pray. And we're going to be reading from Matthew 6, 5 to 13. If you want to turn your Bibles with me, Matthew 6, 5 to 13. Verse 5, Jesus saying to his disciples, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So I remember this one time when Audrey and I were first married. I had invited some friends over to this duplex we were, we were renting. And as my friends came through the front door, I remember saying something like, Welcome to my first place. But then Audrey, with much grace and, and gentleness, if you, if you know Audrey, you know that she's full of much grace and, and gentleness. She cor- kindly corrected me saying, I think you mean our place? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, right, our place. You know what I meant. I, I got to get used to saying our instead of mine. Um, sorry about that. And then I remember another time when when Liam was first born and some family came to visit us at the hospital and I holding Liam in my arms and and beaming with pride at at this this amazing child. I proclaimed as as they walked into the hospital room, I proclaimed to them, let me introduce to you my new son. And then Audrey, who was lying in her hospital bed calmly without any sort of attitude or annoyance at all, corrected me with a laugh and a wink, saying, you mean our son, right? And again, I was like, oh, oops, oh yeah, of course, that's what I meant, our son. I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to leave you out. And and don't get me wrong here, don't get me wrong, Audrey wasn't being a a nag in those moments, because she was absolutely right, like always. Um, (laughs) What I mean is that even though it wasn't intentional on my part to be rude or leave her out, of those moments, the truth is that simply by using the singular words I and my in those moments, I was drawing all the attention unto myself and taking all the credit. I was making those moments about me. But if I would have used the plural pronoun our at the get go, I would have acknowledged and included Audrey as I should have. Because those moments weren't just about me, they were about us. And I'd like to propose to you all this morning that this is the same kind of mindset that we're instructed to have when we approach prayer, to make prayer less about me and more about us. And the reason I'm proposing this is because if we take a closer look at the Lord's Prayer, which Jesus taught us, what we'll find is that it's completely plural, completely plural. 
In fact, all the pronouns Jesus uses in the prayer that don't refer to God are plural. There's not one personal or singular pronoun in the whole thing. As Albert Muller Jr. writes, there's no I in the Lord's Prayer. There's no I in the Lord's Prayer. And I, and, and I don't think Jesus taught it this way by accident. Take a look. It says, our Father. Not my Father. Our Father. And then it says, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. You see the theme? Plural. When Jesus teaches us to pray, he teaches us to use the words our, us, and we. Not my, I, and me. The emphasis here is on the group, not the individual. And don't get me wrong, I strongly believe that God cares about our personal issues and that it's completely fine and good to pray for our individual needs, for personal repentance, for direction, for peace and strength and things like that. That's, that's great. There are many examples in the Bible of this. That's fine. But if we take Jesus' lesson here to heart, then we'll find that there's nothing, sorry, that there's another important aspect of prayer, which we often overlook. It's that we're called to pray with the body of Christ in focus. That it's not just about me and God. It's about us and God. He's not just my Father in heaven. He's our Father in heaven. And yes, Jesus does teach us to go pray in secret as individuals so that we don't do it for attention, but he's also teaching us simultaneously that prayer isn't meant to be completely individualistic. Both of those lessons resound with the same, with the same theme that prayer isn't meant to be selfish or self-seeking. It seems clear Rather, so clear that I'm not sure why we often miss it. Maybe because we live in such an individualistic society that praises autonomy over truth and the feelings of a person above the good of the whole. Maybe because that kind of individualism has seeped into the church, or maybe we tend to overlook this because it's just in our sinful nature to be selfish and self-seeking, or, or maybe because it's only natural that we, that we often become consumed with, with our own personal problems or desires and therefore overemphasize ourselves in prayer. But regardless of the reason we've missed it or, or tend to ignore it or gloss over it, let's now open our eyes here and allow the living word to, to mold us and, and make us aware of the fact that Jesus is calling us to pray on behalf of and with the body of Christ in view. We're called to pray for the good of and with a love for the church as a whole. And, and this is important because with this mindset, it significantly changes not only the way we pray and what we pray for, but it changes our lives. It changes our lives. Think of it. How, how would our lives change if we started to pray not just for our own daily bread, but for the provision of everyone? Don't you think if we prayed like this, that, that we'd be more willing to sacrifice and, and give and share according to that which God's given us? Don't you think we'd become more aware and empathetic towards those who don't have their needs met or, or that we'd be more willing to let God use us to meet them? And how would our lives change if we prayed with an awareness that we're not alone in this walk with God? Unlike the prophet Elijah, who is ready to give up because he, he, 
he thought he was the last prophet of God and on his own, and he became overwhelmed in his personal issues. And last week we were talking about how, how he prayed that God would bring down a fire from heaven, and God did, and, 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 and he won the, the battle of the, the gods with, with the prophets of Baal, and, and all this amazing stuff happened. But then because Elijah thought he was on his own, one little threat from the queen made him lose hope. He became overwhelmed in his personal issues, right? But my guess is that if, if we prayed with a corporate mindset, with the reality that we're part of something bigger than ourselves, that, that we're part of a family, that we're one of millions of Christians standing for the faith, we'd be way more confident and passionate in our lives and less like, likely to become overwhelmed or consumed in our personal issues. And in the same vein, how would our lives change if we, if we prayed not just for God's will in our own lives, but in light of the kingdom of God and for the whole church? What if when we prayed, we recognized and understood that the spiritual growth and flourishing of the whole body of Christ actually has a direct correlation for our own individual growth? My guess is that if we prayed with that mindset, we'd be way more passionate about loving one another and discipling one another and seeing each other grow in Christ. It makes sense, doesn't it? That, that, that if we're praying for others in the church and if we desire to see them grow, that we'd be more willing to let God use us and create a deeper desire in our hearts to help them. In other words, if we prayed like that, I think we'd be less willing to step away from the community and instead we'd be more willing to dig in, to look beyond ourselves or our personal opinions and pursue both unity and the good of the community. As a result, I also think we'd be more willing to serve the church even in the places that are difficult or even if they don't directly benefit us or necessarily complement our gifts as individuals, but rather because it benefits the body of Christ as a whole. And in the same vein, what if, what if we recognized in our prayer lives that Jesus is calling us to ask God to move in and affect our church as a whole, not just in our personal lives? That Jesus is calling us to ask God to move in and affect our church as a whole, not just in our personal lives. We're always praying that God would move in us, in me, but isn't Jesus displaying that it's about moving in the whole church? If we prayed like that, wouldn't that change and reorient the way we see and expect God to move? And what if we also started praying with the realization and awareness that the temptation to sin or, or to stray or to become apathetic isn't just personal, but can actually affect us then as a community at the gate? Or what if we recognized in our prayer lives that every single child of God is just as significant and important and valued as we are? My guess is that we'd be more willing to lay aside our personal comforts in order to carry one another's burdens and that we'd also become less envious and prone to self-pity and instead we'd be more excited about rejoicing with the way God's moving in others because that's what we're praying for. Take the Apostle Paul, for example, who rejoiced in the, the flourishing of the Christian community in Philippi, even when he sat in chains and rotted in prison. But think of this. If, if Paul's concern in prayer life was primarily for himself only, 
He would have been bitter and, and jealous or even overcome with self-pity at seeing God bless them while at the same time allowing him to suffer. But yet, he was able instead to rejoice with and for the Philippians because his prayer life was focused on them over and above himself. As he emphasizes in Philippians 2, 1-5, when he says, so it, when he writes, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and, and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Think of it. Just think of it. How would praying like this, with humility, with the interests of others over and above our own, in the unity of the Spirit, Think of it. How would praying in one mind as the body of Christ in turn affect our thoughts, our desires, our hearts, our actions, and above all, the way we expect and desire to see God move? For real. I hope we're catching on here and grasping the truth that to pray, Our Father, is significantly different and far more powerful than just praying, My Father. To pray our Father is significantly different and far more powerful than just praying my Father. As Christian blogger Titus Benton enforces when he writes, What if in our personal pursuit of prayer we are neglecting the power of prayer being offered in community or on behalf of community? I don't know the answer to all those questions, but I do know this. When Jesus was asked how to pray, he didn't use a single singular pronoun. So maybe we shouldn't either. So again, I, I propose to you all this morning that the plurality of the Lord's Prayer shouldn't be glossed over here, but rather taken to heart. Because prayer is not just about God and me, it's about God and us. This, this lesson should change our mindset completely when we come to God in prayer. Albert Muller Jr. again writes, One of our greatest problems and deficiencies in prayer is that we begin with our own concerns and our own petitions without regard for our brothers and sisters. Many of us falter in prayer because we begin with the wrong word, I, instead of our. Jesus reminds us that we are part of a family, even when we pray. Thus, the first word of Jesus' model prayer is the word our. We are in this together. We're in this together. We're in this together. When we're saved by Jesus, we were saved into the body of Christ. And when Jesus comes again, he's not coming for individuals. He's coming for his bride, the church as a whole. That means that our salvation in Christ is, is not just our own. It's not just about having a personal relationship with Jesus. That's part of it. But rather, it, the, the bigger picture is that it's, it's about being part of the community of God and his people, filled with the same spirit. And therefore, our prayer life should be a reflection of that reality. As it says in Ephesians 6.18, And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying 
for all the Lord's people. Pray, Paul says, and when you do, keep in mind to always pray for all the Lord's people, for one another, for our families, for our church, for our pastors, for those in need and those rejoicing, for other churches, for those in missions, for those in persecution. Pray for all the Lord's people. Pray like we belong to something bigger than ourselves, because we do. Because again, to pray our Father is significantly different and far more powerful than just praying my Father. Amen.